Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is it my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. What up, Gobros? Listen, uh, we are going to dig deep today. I got Mr. Mike Ayala on the line. Mike, welcome to the Gobro Room. Pat, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to spend time with you. Now, let's start this off. Let's get right to the nitty-gritty, Mike. Let's just do a five-minute story from the day you were born until now. Uh, the day I was born, I was born in Idaho, Pocatello, Idaho, and um, I spent the next years, eight years of my life. I had a dad who was a drunk, alcoholic, drugs, so kind of moved all over. I lived in Mexico, Arizona. Um, my mom was the responsible one. My dad was a meathead. So probably the best day of my life, although I didn't realize it at the time, was um, when they separated. Um, so my parents split when I was eight, went and lived with my grandparents, which again was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. So didn't realize, you know, through that whole process what I was um, kind of going through at that point in time. So fast forward, my mom got married to my stepdad, who is just an amazing person. Um, ended up moving to Elko, Nevada, which is where I lived for 27 years and um, got out of high school. I was partying, doing drugs, that whole road, went down the crazy path, and when I finally got my life together, I got married young, I got married at 20, I was 20 years old when Karen and I got married, we've been married for 20 years now, had our first kid right out the gate, he was 21, had two other kids, about 24 years old, I started my first company, I left with a partner, we started out as a plumbing and heating company, I was a plumber by trade, but then through a series of events, working with um, some major clients of ours, they were gold mining companies, it kind of morphed into this thing where they started wanting us to do more work. We started doing really work along the lines of general contracting. So through that process, I teamed up with another guy. We brought him in and we ended up getting a general contracting license and started, uh, we bought out a kitchen and bath remodeling company. It turned into a full general contracting company over the years, but it started out as a plumbing company. Okay. And now, and what happened there? So I, I ended up selling, my partner bought me out of that company in 2014, but along the way it was growing so much. We were on the Inc. Uh, 2009 fastest growing companies in America list, just ended up with over a hundred employees. We were spinning off cash and I sat down with my CPA one day and he was like, man, you guys have a tax problem. So he started really advising us to invest in real estate because we, you know, I'm, we had a lot of equipment and all this stuff, but we were just making a lot of money and we were reinvesting it, but still he advised real estate. So 
that kind of led us. So we started working with a consulting company that basically, the, this is what changed my mindset and got me into real estate investing. This consulting company said, if, if the business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, then you really just own a job. And so they really got us thinking between, between the CPA telling us that we needed to start investing in real estate and then them telling us like what our personal goals are, it's got us really thinking long-term. And so my wife and I set a goal to buy two income producing properties a year for 10 years. That was kind of like we thought, you know, by the time we were 65 years old, this would be our retirement plan. So we came back over the course of that first year, we ended up with two investment properties. And then all of a sudden this mobile home park deal fell in my lap, which we can circle back to if you want. I wasn't looking for mobile home parks. Um, it found me. So I bought that probably 07, 08. It was somewhere in there. Just kept investing in real estate. I ended up buying some commercial buildings, single families, had some mobile home parks. And then when I sold that company in 2014, this kind of gets us close to where we're at today. When I sold that, I just went on this like journey. I got lost for a little bit. It was the best and worst day of my life. But I kind of started just thinking that I really wanted to get into real estate full time. So that kind of brings us to where we're at today. This is how I found GoBundance. Kind of got involved in another real estate mastermind and and just started syndicating properties. We started uh, you know, just kind of rebuilding another company, which is what I'm currently involved in. That's what brings us to today. Just got into real estate investing full time. Crazy, man. Okay, so now you have four peaks. Yep. Right? And that's your new company. You started, what, 2014? Um, so my, I teamed up with a partner that actually started Park Place Communities and Four Peaks Capital Partners in 2015. We didn't actually connect until 2016, and I started working with him, and I officially partnered up with him in late 2017. Wow. Okay. And where are you guys today? To give me an idea of what you've done, what are you doing, that sort of thing. Yeah, so we have um, 35 communities now under the Four Peaks and Park Place communities umbrella in 13 different states. Um, our corporate office is here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, but most of our properties are in the Midwest and Southeast, so we're definitely in the affordable housing space. Um, heavy on the, uh, you know, we buy distressed, a lot of distressed assets and, and get them stabilized. It's kind of our core, core, uh, core model. Yeah, fun stuff. Good stuff. All right, great. All right, so let's get a little bit about you and your horizontal income. What percentage ratio are you? Um, I am at a 136 percenter. Okay. And uh, being a 136 percenter, what is your personal bills that you have? Like how um, we're right around 375,000 a year. 375. So let's say 30 a month, right? Yep. Okay. And then, so you got another 40 coming in roughly. And where does that $40,000 of horizontal income come from? So the way we structured the buyout of my company, part of it was initial, but then I had a, a 10 year essentially employment contract. We can get into the nuts and bolts of that if you want. Um, but I make about 27,000 a month still from that buyout. And then there's a balloon payment at the end of that that I get at the end uh, to be in 2024. And then I have some notes, um, some real estate notes. I have some equipment notes that I carry. And then I've got um, about 650000 invested in a couple different companies that provide some residual income too. Okay. All right. And of course, you're the GP of, of, of 30 deals. Now, are you, do you count any of that or, or no? I don't. I don't factor any of that in yet. And, you know, I was having a conversation with uh, David about this at one point in time and um, I'll, I'll probably get to a point this year where I'll start factoring some of that in. But, you know, I, I kind of leave that aside because we really don't we really don't take any money from that until, you know, we 
pay out the prefs and start performing on all that. We're reinvesting everything back into the company. So yeah. And then are you guys managing these properties? We are managing. So we have a company called Park Place Communities that uh, we have a property management team and we've got a corporate team here in Arizona that oversees the managers and the maintenance guys on site. Is there a profit on that? It's it very, very little. There will be, you know, as we get down the road and start scaling more, but, you know, we charge a 6% property management fee. And honestly, that <laughs> that, that just kind of covers the net. Um, I don't ever really see us getting excited about property management. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I talk to, it's hard to make that number work. All right, great. Uh, all right, so let's shift gears a little bit. What? Uh, so let's talk about your health. How much do you weigh? I weigh 182 pounds. Okay, how much do you want to weigh? I want to weigh 170. Okay, and um, you have an idea how you how how you would get down to one seventy from one eighty two? Yeah, so I've actually come down. I was two hundred one um, coming out of Aspen, so I've come down you know quite a bit already. But the value of the GoPod has been huge. I mean, they're great for accountability. I've got. A, Wait a minute, you you were two hundred one coming out of Breckenridge last year, is what you're saying? Out of Aspen? Oh, sorry, Austin. I said Austin. Austin, Austin yeah. over the summer. Yeah. Wow. No shit. So what, so how'd you do that? I hired a macro coach and I just started, you know, just kind of changing my intake and just paying attention to, you know, the amount of protein and carbs and fats that I'm putting in. I was doing some working out, but I really just kind of shifted my diet and my intake. That was kind of step one. I started drinking, drinking less alcohol and just being more cognizant of what I was eating. And then phase two is just, I'm furthering that process, but I'm focusing on exercise a little bit more at this point. Awesome. All right. And some other numbers from your one sheet. What is your uh, horizontal to net worth ratio? Uh, it is 10%. 10%. That's high. That, I mean, that's, that's great. It's a really good number. I'm sure most of that has to do with that company buyout. So they're, because that, you know, every time they pay you, your net worth lessens because they owe you less. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's an interesting number. That's good. That's great, man. That's good to good to see. All right, and then what about your life happiness index? My life happiness index is a six point eight two. Okay. What well, what's the lowest uh, thing on that? What do you think is pulling that uh, down? Why why it's not a seven and a half? Giving back is at a five for me. Mm. Um, so that's something that uh, you know is a little lower than I think I want it to be. And then there's a couple sixes in there that kind of drag it down too and health is one of them i mean I, I see that number climbing but that's what's dragging it down so what is what is your give back ratio it is very low let me see this real quick it is three percent okay and what do you what what do you give to how do you how do you even get to three percent so there's some things that we give to you know ronald mcdonald house is a big thing we give to we help families on a one-off basis on an ongoing basis. Like, and honestly, this has been really good for me because I don't, I can't honestly say that I've always tracked it. You know, we give a lot to GoFundMe's and help families and that kind of stuff. But this has made me a lot more cognizant of keeping score, if you will. So I, I think I probably give back more in time than I do anything. But for me, one of the th- uh, there's a big there's a big passion project that we're working on called the Main Street Foundation, which is helping families solve affordable housing issues. Um, so that's probably going to be a big thing that we start giving to. Uh, my wife and I are actually in the process right now. It'll happen either this month or next month, but we've got a brand new 2019 three-bedroom, two-bath mobile home that we're giving away to one of our residents. 
Nice. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So how's that going to work? Well, so we did a contest um, internally with our team. And so the managers, the, our, our corporate team went to all of our managers and, and they nominated families within their park. They each got to nominate three families that they think were deserving. They've had, you know, tough times. The husband had cancer. It's a mom with three kids that lost her husband. So they got to nominate these people. And what they think's happening, they think that they're going to get six months of free lot rent. So when we show, we, we got a list from every single park and then we narrowed it down, a committee narrowed it down to six for us. And then we took the stories. We don't know who they are. We didn't know where they were. And we picked the story that we thought was, you know, the one that tugged on the heart the most. And we're going to show up and they think they're getting six months of free lot rent, but what they're really getting is a brand new home. <laughs> and so like the home, so you're going to basically take their home and get rid of it and give them a brand new one that's already built and just kind of drop it off on the lot. Yeah, it's there. It's ready. It's set up. Um, everybody in the park just thinks it's going to get sold to somebody else. But actually, when we show up, we're going to take them over and hand them the keys. Ah, and then, wow. And then they'll just replace the one they have with that one, and you'll move it in place. Yeah, and if they want to keep the one that they're in and rent it out to somebody else, as long as they keep paying their lot rent on that one, I mean, if it's a, they don't have to do anything with the one. Got it. Oh, so it's already on a lot, and it just, they, just, they just move down the street. Basically. Yep. That's you know, there, there, there's a part of me that wonders if like somebody's going to tell us they don't want it <laughs> for whatever yeah reason. well that's what i was thinking because i did that this i did that uh, that happened to me i bought a house for a family that i knew and um she didn't want I, I, she i you know i wasn't giving it to her right i was i was letting her rent it for for basically let's just say it rents for 1200 a month and i told her the rent was like a hundred right or something you know ridiculous and uh she didn't want it that's interesting yeah she didn't want to move because she'd been in the other place like 22 years and you know it was in another zip code and so but whatever anyways but that probably won't happen i'm sure that'll be real excited the wrong tribe confounds the right tribe compounds Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, so what drives Mike? You know, I, I think just uh, I kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, growing up, I was the happiest kid, um, even though my dad, like like I said, he was a shithead, he was abusive and all this stuff, but I didn't really know what I didn't know. And I think I learned more about what I don't want to be and what I don't want to do uh, through growing up. And so that's kind of what drives me, you know, being a great husband. My wife and I just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary this last year. We went to Hawaii. That was That's one of my top five. But um, just seeing that my dad wasn't there, uh, that he wasn't a good husband. I think that really drives me like just being the best husband I could possibly be. Same thing with the kids. Like I've got, I've got three children and we're, I'm not perfect in any way, but you know, I've, I've been a pretty good dad to these guys. And you know, what drives me is just helping people just even back to the, the story of giving the, the mobile home away. I've got a picture I'll share with you at some point in time of the home that I, you know, one of the homes that I grew up in and it was a 1976 one bedroom, one bath single wide, you know, me, my, my mom and dad, my brother, sister, all of us in there. And I, I didn't know any better. I didn't know what I didn't have, you know, so right, I, yeah. that, that's kind of just giving it's back okay. and help, helping yeah. people. That's, that's kind of what drives me. It's not about the money. It's about just drive, purpose, passion, getting as much done as I can. Where are you with your dad today? 
you know, I haven't talked to my dad since uh, probably probably since I was nine, and honestly, for a long time, I didn't really want to. I've been looking for him lately. I've got a connection to his cousin, um, so I've been looking for him just to, you know, I've, it, I'm, so I'm we, thinking. Did he roll out when you were nine? Yeah, I think that was probably the last time I talked to him. Yeah. And then he just didn't come back? No, he never came back. What about your sister? She didn't want to connect? Well, my sister is actually my stepsister, She's, but my brother is my real brother, and he was like maybe one when my dad left, so mm. he doesn't know any different. So he definitely doesn't want to connect. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that, that that's that's a tough one, right? Because it's like, well, what, why, why? A part of, most of you is probably like, well, why should I, right? I mean, yeah. he's the dad. Yeah, you know, and that's exactly that. I mean, that's exactly where I was at for a long time. My wife, even when we were getting married, she was like, "Hey, you should really find your dad, so you're not bringing daddy issues into the marriage and all this stuff." And <laughs> then I was like, "I don't think I have daddy issues," but. You know, as I've gotten older, and I've told a lot of the GoBros this, the, the real reason why I think I found GoBundance and GoBundance found me, I was really missing the authentic relationship piece, I think, in the, mm. in, in, in the male arena. And it's been huge for me. Um, I set an intention last year coming out of Breckenridge that this was actually on my goal sheet to build one authentic relationship per quarter. And I set it that way because I knew I was going to have to work on it. Um, mm. I didn't go to college. I didn't have the frat bros that none of that stuff and so yeah. i came out of that and man the the go pod has just been phenomenal for me you know just circling back and coming out of aspen like i've got a hundred authentic relationships it's crazy it's been awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah that's an interesting one i mean maybe you know part of me says find him just because you can you know what i mean not that you expect anything out of it just that something Something to do, you know, before he dies. Because you know he's got to be, what, 80 or something, right? Uh, yeah, he's got to be pushing 75. Um, and it sounds like he's probably, if he's alive, right, he's probably not healthy, right? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think so, unless he's he, totally changed. If he kept drinking and, you know, all that. Because, you know, you may have half-siblings and, I don't know, you just don't know where it could lead. But you might want to take a dose of... Uh, psychotherapy with it you know get a, get, a, get a therapist to help you either before or after you know talk it through so it doesn't really bother you and do it just uh just for something to do you know what i mean so at least you can kind of check it off i mean i i don't know i guess your mom probably feels different how huh? your mom's probably she probably hates him you know my mom's actually pretty solid in the emotional arena she's she's down for what and i've even talked to my stepdad about all this like hey i'm looking for him just so you know we've had the conversation my mom's indifferent yeah um, she actually connected me with his cousin so yeah she's she's pretty cool about the whole thing yeah hmm. that's interesting all right cool uh, so so what's your superpower i think my superpower is actually really taking like complex i'm a pretty simple guy at the end of the day and you know we get into all these complex matters and i mean i even see this working with my team all the time you know, they're always, they've got these major problems, major issues, and I'm pretty good at cutting through all the, the fluff and, okay, like, what's the real core issue here? So just making complex matters simple, I think I can just really get to the core of things and say, does that really matter? Does it, what, what can we really do about it? Uh, just complex, making complex things simple. Making complex things think simple. I think I, I, got, I got the same ability, you know? I'm always dumbing things down effectively, I believe. I believe. What would you say your kryptonite is? 
Oh, kryptonite. This one, uh, actually, I think, and this is the opposite of complex, but it's too much, too much data, too much information. When I have to sort through pages and pages and pages of data and complex, like, I'm just, can somebody just narrow this down to a one sheet for me? <laughs> How do you do with Ikea furniture? I hate Ikea furniture. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world. I've outlawed it in my house. <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, good. Let, let's talk about your greatest hit. So, you know, you're 40 years old, right? So from zero to 40, what would you say your five greatest hits are, five most poignant moments of Mike's life? So I think definitely exiting the company was probably, that first company was probably one of the greatest hits. And, you know, best and worst day of my life because I, the reason why it was so good is, you know, I'm 34, 35 years old. I've achieved what we all think we want to achieve at that point. But it also taught me a ton about myself. It made me realize I don't want to retire. I don't want to slow down too much. I've got to find a purpose. I mean, I just loved hearing the story about what you're doing now because it doesn't matter whether it's running, you know, a $100,000 company or running a million-dollar company or a billion-dollar company. It's just the purpose, the passion, something mm -hmm. to get out there and stay engaged with people. So that just taught me a ton about myself all the way around. Another one, hitting that 20-year um, anniversary was, you know, pretty big for me. I, I um, you know, we've done pretty well along the way, but actually getting there and taking that time and just reconnecting with my wife, our kids are kind of on the way out of the house, and that was just a big year for us. So, tw you know, year 20 was, was, a big, was a big year. My oldest son, he graduated uh, two years ago. He's a professional wake surfer. And through that process, just watching him win the world championship and move to pro, yeah, he took number one in the world in men's semi-pro and then moved into the pro division. And this last year, I got to take a couple international trips with him. Um, I've always wanted to do business international just to kind of check the box. Um, never have. And he's doing business all over the world as a coach. You know, people are flying him in. And so to be able to kind of travel with him, I went to Japan with him last year and seeing, you know, his fans and just watching that whole thing. And he's basically paying my way, which is super cool. Um, that was a that was a top that was a top hit for me, you know. And then the other two kids just I, I think this is more of a recent thing, but you know, watching Timmy's a senior this year, just kind of experiencing that, but acknowledging I only have a couple years left with these guys. That was a big epiphany for me over the last couple years. So this isn't a single big hit, but just I think you know, just taking advantage of that time while while these guys are still here has been huge for me. Just the awakening, the consciousness of that you know, clock is ticking. Yep. Yeah, I had that too. You know, I had that too, and I think I, I think you're lucky to have that. And that, you know, a lot of people like don't realize the clock was ticking until like they're off on their own, and then it's like, oh shit, you know, you know, I overworked while they were in high school. Yep. It's basically that four years in high school. We made a point that uh, to take big trips you know, while they were in high school, especially before they got jobs. Because once they get jobs and sports and everything, it's a slippery slope. Like, you don't get much time, right? You know, if you expect them to hold a job, you know, they got to work. So um, I can remember when, our, when ours were like 14, 15, we took a European cruise three weeks. And we were like, yeah, before you guys get real busy, we're going we're gonna to go to a bunch of countries. So... All right, so what about future, buddy? So, you know, let's say you lived 110. That's going to give you 70 more years. What future greatest hits are you going to make in that 70-year period? 69 more years. 69, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I didn't go out that far. That's an interesting thing. But and this is not really a number thing, but I've got kind of this goal driving me right now to have, uh, I've got this idea of like a $25 million family fund and whether it's 5 million or 25 million, it doesn't really matter, but just something where it's, it's a family investment fund where I can get my, this, this might be a forced thing to get my kids back together, but I would love to have a family fund where we get together, you know, once a year, ideally once a quarter and just look at investment strategies together. Just look at things that we can invest in. That, that's kind of a, I actually have a target where when we make our first $5 million investment as a family, that's kind of like my target point. So that's a, that's a future hit for me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know how to do that. I, I've failed at that. I have girls and right now at least they don't, they don't seem to care. You know, they just want, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like my daughter has a retirement at her job and she doesn't really, she just wants me to pick which mutual funds go in it. You know what I mean? Like yep. they don't, Mine, at least, don't seem to care. And I don't know how you get them to to care, you know? I almost think, like, one of them is, is going to care, and they're just going to be like, tell me more about this. Tell me more about this. But but anyways. Um, yeah, I think that's, well, I think that's why it's important, too, like, to not be too married to my dreams um, <clears throat> or my future greatest hits that involve other people. Um, because, you know, I mean, that's my pipe dream, and if they don't want to be a part of that, like, I don't want to force them to do it either, so. Right. Yeah. My kids, when they were, I don't know, it was probably, my oldest was probably 12, they all got together and they asked for a rental for Christmas. We didn't give it to them, because I'm like, you know, I want them to be at the point where, <laughs> yeah, right. basically, it's going to be my rental, right? You're going to do everything, that's the yeah. thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I just thought it was, you know, their, their thinking's right, but you're 100% right. I mean, I can't get too anchored on that because if they don't want to fly in for the family meeting, then there's nothing I can do about that. So. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. It, it is, and I, it may come with age. You know, it probably comes with age, and it may also come with spouses too. You know, if they get a spouse who gives a shit or has a little bit more of a mathematical brain, you know what I mean, like, or a, or, or a brain for inve- or an enthusiasm for investment. Yeah. All, all that could come. Who knows? You know, I just, I don't know either. Mine are 25 and 23. So, but right now at least, you know, they're just, they're just living their lives, you know, doing what, what makes them happy and what they want to do. Yep. Could care less about me moving around my money. But okay, cool. Um, all right. So let's talk about business goals. What, what's your biggest business goal for the next uh, 12 months? So we are, there's some early assets that we bought that were undercapitalized and underperforming. So we're kind of shuffling some stuff and, you know, resituating everything this year. So, you know, we've got a pretty big lift ahead of us. We've got a fund that's acquiring um, new properties. We're acquiring some old properties that were underperforming. So to pull this together, consolidating that fund is probably our big lift this year. We'll probably, we're looking to raise somewhere in the neighborhood of probably about $50 million this year. So that, that's, a, that's a big lift. Um, and then the other thing kind of associated with that on the business side, um, this is the year I definitely need to get a CFO in because it's getting to the point where I've got a great controller, a great accounting team, but, you know, back to the complex and the data and all that, it's not my, it's not my superpower. So I think, you know, at some stage this year, we're soft recruiting now, but, you know, within the next six to 12 months, we definitely need to bring a CFO in. What is your strategy for uh, raising money? How do you guys do it? So... We've we've kind of shifted a lot of I mean events speaking believe it or not we raise a lot of capital through Google AdWords um, really? exist yeah existing lists that we buy 
Um, we work with a pretty solid marketing team. And then partnering up with other, um, other like we've got a couple general partnerships that bring in funds from, from different areas and general partnerships that we have. That's great. That's great. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the Tribe of Millionaires. What, what, what character do you think is uh, most like Micah Yela? I got to be honest, I haven't read the book. No, you haven't? All right, no, no problem. I have the book, but I haven't read it. All right, that'll get you focused on that. So let's, let's um, how about we spin the GoBundance app? Can I hit okay. you with a question from the GoBundance app? <laughs> this, this is weird, man. And I, I don't know if you're going to, if you have an answer for this, but it's kind of right on the topic of what we were just talking about. Pretty serendipitous. It says, have you ever dealt with contention in your family regarding your entrepreneurial pursuits? And I think that what this means is maybe not necessarily with your kids, although it could be, but also with your parents, like your parents telling you, no, you need to be a doctor, lawyer, kind of, that's kind of where it stems from. So I'll just read it again. You can use it to, you can answer it in any way you want. Have you ever dealt with contention in your family regarding entrepreneurial pursuits? Not my direct family because my mom and my stepdad are very entrepreneurial as well. Um, mm. They weren't always, but, you know, kind of simultaneously, we all kind of evolved and found our way. So um, indirectly with cousins, aunts, there's, there's definitely some contention there. You know, I've had situations where, I mean, they just, they just think that no matter what, because we're entrepreneurs, we should pay for everything and that, you know, yeah. everything's just easy and it's created a lot of problems. I, I deal with the same thing. I mean, and I talk to a lot of GoBros that deal with the same thing. It's very interesting. It's like, it's like mini socialization within yeah, a family. Is- you end up socializing your family to a degree. And, and I see it with um, other people that I know that are a lot wealthier than me, and it gets worse and worse for them. Like they like totally socialize their family. It's funny because they both politically against it, but then in a false profit sort of sense, do it within their own families. And I'm, and I'm generalizing, but I see it all the time. And, and it's, it's, I don't know what, what the answer to what, how do you deal with it? You know, I, I've just had to separate my, I've got one particular aunt that's the worst. I've just had to get to the point where I just don't take it personal. I don't change anything about the way I'm going to do it, but you know, for instance, she's got one kid that has actually straightened out now, but he was a shithead for a long time. And he actually got in a fight, uh, like a knife fight over drugs, and he got his eye stabbed. And she she needed like $12,000 to hire, hire an attorney, medical bills, all this stuff, and they didn't have it. And so she like asked me straight up to borrow the money, and I'm like, this is going to make me sound like an ass, but I'm like, no, I'm not loaning you the money. There's no way they can pay this money back. Like, I... I mean, if he was dying, I would have helped him, but it, I just, I said no. And I look like the ass because I won't give them, it's not even borrowing $12,000. I wouldn't give them $12,000 is basically it. Yeah, you're, like, you're, then you're never getting that back. No. So you would have to give it to him. And that's one of the ways I've dealt with it is I, I understand that there's no loans. I, I lie about that because, <laughs> because we do have, for the younger generation, for a couple of the younger including one of my kids and a niece, we have some loans where we've given them money and they're paying us back like a hundred bucks a month, you know, but um, I find, and again, I'm generalizing that for the older ones, you know, you're giving them the money. 
right? It's very rare that they're going to pay you back. You know, you, you have to give it to them or else you'll ruin the relationship. You have to just give it to them as cash and say, you know, yeah, and it's a little different. Like I've got a cousin that came to me and um, needed a down payment for a house. Like I, I loaned him the money. It's, it's different when somebody asks and, and it's expected. Like that's where I just get this like hard line. If you just expect things from me, I'm, I'm probably going to resist it a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So I guess he survived, huh? He's just blind. Yeah. He's just got one eye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we'll end on that note, Mike. I appreciate you coming on today and sharing and uh, look forward to uh, breaking some bread with you in the near future. And congratulations, by the way, on the Horizontal Income Pillar Killer Award 2019. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate the time and for having me on. Um, you guys have built something amazing, and I appreciate you for it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, sir. All right, Mike, I'll be talking to you. Okay. Have a good day. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you